Hello everyone, welcome and welcome back to my podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your one and only host, Monica Dulcio, and today we are going to talk about the phenomenal movie that is Promising Young Woman. It was written and directed by Emerald Fennell, who is also a show a showrunner for uh, Killing Eve, which is one of my favorite TV shows ever. And it stars Carrie Mulligan, who is one of my favorite actresses. I love her so much. She's amazing. And this sh- the movie centers around 29-year-old uh, Cassandra Thomas. She is a med school dropout. She works at a cafe. And currently, she is living with her parents. And by day, she's just like, a normal person lives with their parents, works in a coffee shop. Her life is surrounded by bright colors, pink and blues. But at night, she spends her evenings in clubs and in bars. And she pretends to be drunk, like blackout drunk, slurring her words, can't even think straight drunk. And she is so unsteady on her feet. And of course, she goes, she goes to these bars. She pretends to be drunk every single night. And men will see her and they'll be like, oh, are you okay? Are you all right? Let me call you a cab. Let me take you home. And then they take the, and then they'll take her back to their place, not to her house. And they will be like, oh, are you all right? Let me lay you down here. Let me like, uh, all this stuff. Like trying to be a nice guy and take care of her. And eventually they, um, you know, she says like, she's not feeling well. She wants to go to sleep. She wants to go home. And these guys are just like, oh, you know, I'm such a nice guy. I'm just here to take care of you. Like just saying such nice, tender reassurances to like ease her, to make her feel calm and everything. And then these guys are trying to calm her down because they're trying to put the move on her. And she will simply stop being drunk, perk up and be like, hey, I want to go home. Yeah, I'm not drunk. And these guys get freaked out. Like, freak the freak out. Now, <laughs> when I first watched this movie and I saw that scene, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is an interesting setup. Because she is kind of like, because she's like the prey, the wounded prey drawing in the killer. You know what I mean? And I was watching this movie and I was like so surprised and by that opening. And of course, I really did think that in the beginning that she did kill these men like she was gonna kill these men and at one point one guy that <laughs> she that had brought her home after she pretended to be drunk thought that she was gonna kill him too but she eventually just says like she's not actually going to you know kill these men she simply is just making them like rethink who they are as nice guys because it gives you very much like serial killer you know what i mean it gives you like those vibes and Cassie, she does this almost every night without fail, goes to bars, pretends to be drunk, and guys take her home. And she has a little notebook where she marks down every single guy that like took her home and tried to put the moves on her. And she perked up and was like, hey, I'm not actually drunk. And you tried to put the moves on a girl who was so drunk and sorry her words and couldn't speak. Like, that's not a very nice thing to do. And... I think like this, the beginning of the movie, this, this scene, the thing that she does, it's very interesting to me because it's kind of like, it's part of hookup culture that people don't really talk about. It's a part of dating and like meeting people, you know, that, um, girls do get drunk and people get drunk and like people take advantage of them and that sucks and it's gross. And Emerald Fennell even said that she herself uh, she drew from her own experiences of seeing drunk girls get taken advantage of when coming up with the concept for this film. And she said it was very commonplace and she believes that things are getting better or hopes that things are getting better, that people are not doing this. And I am watching this movie and it's very easy to kind of get locked into this thought that the movie is trying to call all men terrible. Like this movie is trying to say that like all men are horrible people. And it's not saying that. I think the goal, the goal of this film essentially is to kind of study dating and hookup culture and how a lot of the things that we think are normal in dating and hooking up and having sex uh, actually stems from um, R.A.P.E. culture and how that affects not only men, but it affects women, it affects everybody, you know, and it's very complicated, you know, it's not very simple, cut and dry. There are a lot of great areas to this movie and I should say um, there will be discussions of sexual assault and sexual violence against women 
in this podcast and there will be spoilers for this movie as well in the podcast so just a heads up for anybody who's listening but uh okay in the beginning of the film i think that cassie does this like um she does this like wounded like this um damsel in distress kind of act so that men will kind of like fall on their swords and try to help her and try to act like the hero when they're not really the hero in the story they're kind of they're the predator and they think that they're a nice guy and they're a good guy but that's because for a lot for a long time in media we will um in media or tv shows movies when you see somebody who is an abuser they have to be irredeemably horrible, terrible people, without a doubt. This is the worst person on earth, so of course they're an abuser. But in this movie, you you see guys who look like normal, everyday guys you can meet at like a bookstore or in line at the grocery store or at a bar or on a date. And they seem like normal, very nice guys, but they take advantage of Cassie because she's so blackout drunk that they think that she won't remember it and they feel like that they can get away with it they can get away with their own dubious behavior but when they realize that she perks up they are in shock and they're scared and they're horrified and to these men it's like a horrible horrible realization to see that this woman's awake and she's not actually drunk and that they can't take advantage of her and they're thinking oh well she's going to kill them and the thing is, if a woman was in the position, sure, she could enact violence against the man. But there have been many times where women will fight against their abusers and the women will get in trouble, not the abusers. And Cassie, she doesn't even hurt the man. She simply is just like, you try to take advantage of me and you doing that. You trying to do this, like trying to coerce me into having, having sex with you. That's gross. That is disgusting. And you know what, maybe you should think about why what you did was so reprehensible and really examine who you are as a person. You know, she's not hurting these men physically, she's hurting them psychologically. And of course, it's a good way to try and make these men look within themselves and try to figure out what they did and how what they did was wrong. But it also has to come with further action because you can spook a guy on a Friday night but what happens when he goes out on Saturday again and does it again does he really learn anything does he really grow from it and of course like Cassie isn't gonna ask her like I'm not gonna listen honestly this is a there's a bigger question to this of like um why would you do this you know like why would you do these actions or why would you treat women like this and the movie is focusing on because like a lot of times in films when you talk about sexual assault and rape culture they take on the big things they have they tackle the big things but sometimes there are smaller actions that everyday people do that contribute to rape culture and it like stems from it you know like you may think that well this guy tried to like coerce her into having sex with him when she was drunk it's not that bad but it's still bad it's still gross and it's ugly and this movie is forcing you to look at the dark reality of our society the things that we look at that are just okay or the things that we look away from or the things that we think are okay when really it's gross and this movie is really just examining the way that we treat women everyone how everybody treats women and how we don't really protect women and see them as like human beings but we see them as like sex objects as mothers as like people separate from who they are we don't respect women's anatomy and choice to be who they are we see them as their faults and as their mistakes like it's a mistake that someone was sexually assaulted when being sexually assaulted isn't a moral failure at all it's something that happened to you and it's a horrible thing that happens to you but people make it seem like it's your fault and this movie really doesn't let anybody off the hook in that regard and when I was first watching the beginning sequence, it was very interesting to me how these men were like horrified by the fact that she wasn't even drunk. And it's more horrifying to them because they think of themselves as such nice guys. And the idea of them has been stripped away by this woman. Another thing is that this movie is really awesome because the casting in this movie is so great. The casting in this movie is spectacular, okay? There are actors who play lovable characters and lovable comedians and other f works like Connie Britton is also in Friday Night Lights and she was in 911 
and she was in Nashville and people really like her she's a very homey warm relaxing face like a very comforting face and she is in this movie as well so it's Allison Brie who played Annie a community and then there's um Max I forget his last name but he played Schmidt in New Girl and just about everybody in this movie it's especially Bo Burnham who is a phenomenal comedian and lots of people love Bo Burnham like with his boyish charm and his you know they are all in this movie but their characters are not the best characters in this film another thing about this movie is that um one thing in the beginning scene i do want to mention i found it so interesting how cassie she's going not really going after but the men that kind of like try to get up on her are everyday men you know they're not these big wig executives they're not billionaires you know they're not men cheating on their wives they're just guys they're just everyday bros who are um just kind of like at the bar chilling and they see a girl who's so drunk that she can barely stand and they take her to their apartment and they try to have their way with this girl when the girl is so drunk that she can't even say yes and of course in the scenario cassie is not actually drunk she's just pretending to be drunk but you shouldn't be doing that you know and a lot of times in movies and tv shows men who try to co coerce women into having sex it's sometimes seen as like oh well he's a nerd just let it let it happen it's like it's brushed off as just like kind of a thing that happens you know like in 16 candles where like the guy was being really gross to that one girl and everything it's like oh it's like it's just normal but it's not it's disgusting it's really disgusting and i think that the movie is just trying to show people that like these things happen to women more often than you think it does and a lot of times the men who do these things to women are people that could be in your friend group, in your family, people who you work with, people who you just met in line at the supermarket. And like the guy that let you cut in front of you is probably really nice, but you know, you don't really know who they are. And um, this movie isn't trying to like pin men to a corkboard with a knife and like take them out like vigilante style. Like this isn't a Kill Bill kind of vigilante movie. It's different from that. And the main action in the film is when um, Cassie finds out that the guy, Al, who, okay, so Cassie, she dropped out of med school, right? You know why she dropped out of med school? Her best friend, Nina, was sexually assaulted by this guy, Al. And the university and the students in the university did not believe Nina. They covered up the sexual assault. They didn't believe Nina. They didn't take her story seriously. They protected Al and nina dropped out of med school and so did cassie along with her even though nina and cassie were like at the top of their class smarter than everyone else they dropped out of med school and it is hinted to us throughout the film that nina has possibly taken her own life and cassie is just like going through the motions living this kind of vigilante kind of lifestyle a little bit but um she eventually runs into an old friend from med school his name I forget the character's name, but he's played by Bo Burnham, so I'm just going to call him Bo. And a lot of the um, actors in the movie, I forgot their names in the movie, so I'm just going to call them by their actor names because it's just easier for me. I'm sorry about that. But Bo Burnham, he goes to visit her at the coffee shop and like they're talking and everything. And this is a little thing that I didn't notice when I first watched the movie, but around the second time I watched the movie, I was like, oh, okay, I see it now. So Bo sees Cassie working at a coffee shop and he's like kind of flirting with her a little bit and she's like, you know, I'm not really that interested and he's like, okay, well, you know, you're not that interested but it's okay if I just come in and just pine at you from afar, you know what I mean? Like he's just like, you know, I know you said no but like, come on, I'm a lovable nerd, like, you know, you like me, I'm really cute and then they start dating and that's the one little thing that I notice. He did it take no for an answer and it's like that small thing was like oh well at least he didn't like force her to like he didn't pull a knife out on her no of course but he's like this nice guy who's asking a girl out and if a girl isn't interested she's not interested but he didn't really care so he's kind of like come on let's stay let's you know go out for a drink with me come on come on now and it's like that little oh he's a nice guy so why don't i go out with him it's that like soft coercion that you don't even notice 
that just like kind of happens you know and it happens with women in dating all the time where like a guy is into you and you're not at all into them but it's like oh let's just go out with him and just see what happens and it's like no girl if you're not into him you don't have to go out with him it's not that deep or that serious but it's like the little things that you kind of notice it's a little thing that i noticed the second time watching the film so i continue watching the movie and um cassie she's kind of just letting go of the little vigilante thing that she does at night and she's kind of like accepting her life now she's dating Bo, and she's happy dating him and being with him and then she finds out that al the guy who sexually assaulted nina is engaged to be married and that is when all the anger comes back and she makes it her mission to avenge nina because al and all the people that used to be a part of her life kind of destroyed her life in a, and destroyed nina's by not taking her seriously and protecting this man and she is she wants to go after him she wants to go after all of them and as i continue on talking about this film i just want to lay down and let you guys know this movie i feel like in the film we're kind of rooting for cassandra and she's kind of like this um, martyr. She's like this guardian angel. And there, there's a lot of imagery within the film that kind of sets it up, like a lot of religious imagery in the film. Like in the beginning scene of the movie, um, she is lying on a couch with her arms stretched out like Jesus on the cross. And there are other kind of little glimpses within the film where she'll be sitting down and there's like a light Lit, lit behind her head like a halo and there's another little scene in the movie where she is simply standing at the coffee shop and she has like the little square behind her head kind of like the saint mary and it's those little symbols those little kind of like those little things of imagery religious imagery in the movie that make her out to be kind of a martyr for her for nina to avenge her but even though we are rooting for cassie and we're seeing it the story through her eyes and we're following along with her story she is not like the perfect blameless hero same way with a lot of vigilantes you know when the real the real antagonist of this film is the deeply toxic system and the misogynistic culture the culture that we live in that protects men and hurts women and how the title itself is a play on the phrase promising young man how young men are accused of sexual assault and rape and oftentimes news outlets schools everyday people in general bend over backwards to try and preserve these men's livelihoods without giving a second thought to how these men hurt the victims and destroyed the victims lives and didn't even think twice about the people that they had hurt and the people that they had like the lives that they had destroyed really so as we're watching the movie as we continue on to the movie we see cassie go down a list of people who did not believe nina did not take nina's um, story very seriously first person is allison Bree's character who i think was also nina and cassie's friend but she didn't you know believe nina and she stuck with the guys you know, it's like that girl, it's that one girl who like, is like, I'm not like other girls. Like I have all guy friends, but you know, that girl who does that is like kind of insufferable. And it's women like that, that are not exempt from perpetuating our APE culture as well, because they have this desire to be likable and to want to fit in with the guys. to want to be in with the in crowd. And it's really like, it's gross and sometimes it like motivates them to kind of like be it's kind of a motivator to men who are like predators and don't see themselves as predators you know men who do gross things terrible things to women but they see that they have female friends so they obviously aren't that bad so they feel like they're excused and that they're okay with that and women who see that their friends who are male do things that are predatory and gross and are just like abysmal behavior towards women they turn the other cheek they turn the other way because they don't think that's that bad because if those men have never done that to them personally then they're in the clear they're good and then they'll blame those women who are, are victims of these men's like 
assault and harassment and they'll blame these women saying like oh they're too fast they drink they wear um seductive clothing like it's the way they act you know like so what if this person did this to you like that's what Alison Brie's character even says because Carrie invites her to a hotel to have dinner to have lunch and like chit chat and talk and Alison Brie says like you know, maybe if Nina wasn't getting drunk all the time and sleeping with every single guy that she came in contact with, maybe people would believe you once in a while if you said that somebody had done that to you. And I hate that thought. I hate that phrasing where women who are victims, before they are victims, they have to lead these perfect blameless lives in order for people to believe them. And even if you live this perfect picture-perfect blameless life before you have been assaulted by a man, people still won't believe you. People will still look at you like it's your fault, like you brought this upon yourself, like this is a punishment upon you. And honestly, it's really disappointing and it's gross. And that's the that's the interesting thing about this movie. That's not like, because Alison Brie's character, love her. I love Alison Brie. I think she's great. I think she's amazing. But when you see an actor who has played a character that you admire and you like and you relate to and you're comfortable with this character and you see them say this kind of thing in a movie, even though it's film, the film is reminding you that these ideals, these thoughts, the way that people think about women who are victims and men who are victims as well, of course, um, the way that these people think, it's not unknown it's not rare it's not uncommon it is a shared mentality where these people will excuse the behavior of predatory men and that shared mentality can be shared by people that you know people you work with people you live with people you're friends with people who are your family you know and it's also like how people bend over backwards to excuse these promising young men to salvage their livelihoods and their careers and their reputations and salvage their names. It's, what was I going to say? It debunks the myth, it debunks the myth that all sexual predators are like horrible men that live in the shadow of the night and like are terrible and reprehensible characters. It's everyday people. It's even people that you like people you admire and another female character in this film who is a writer for male aggressors is the dean of the school that Cassie and Nina went to who's played by Connie Britton and I was so sad because <laughs> I love Connie Britton so much she's one of my favorite actresses I love her so much and <sighs> Cassie goes back to the school that she went to to speak to the dean and I think she was talking to her about like giving a donation or something like that and she brings up Nina and she talks about Nina and how the dean basically says like you know excuses like that you know she says like straight up like if she were to investigate every single uh, allegation that came against these young men you know, these young men are frequently having their names smeared by promiscuous young women. And she says that, like, it's something that happens often. And then that makes me think in my mind, how many times have has someone came forward? Has someone been bold enough, have been, has been brave, brave enough to go to the person in charge of their school and come forward with their story of being assaulted by someone? And how many times have been they have, been, have they been ignored and pushed away because these deans you know these administrators simply see these women as like harlots and hussies trying to destroy the lives of these men and the thing is is that the majority of real assaults aren't reported or investigated over the past 20 years only two to ten percent of rape accusations have been proven to be fake and nina in the film she was at the top of her class and the school did not value her as much as al and then you have to think of people who are not at the top of their class, who are not the smartest people in the school, who are not, you know, valedictorians or salutedictorians, people who do not like play sports, like just everyday people. Like what if it's just a normal college student who has a C average who comes forward with an accusation of assault against somebody? 
you know, Nina being someone who was at the top of her class, not even valued as much as Al, who is just an athlete and probably not even that good of an athlete and probably not even that smart, but they would have rather taken Al's side than actually heard Nina's story and try to protect her and help her. And another thing, like I said earlier, this film is kind of like a vigilante film. Um, I think it was kind of described as like a thriller in a way, and there are some components of that. So when Cassie goes to visit Allison Brie, um, and they're at the hotel and they're like having lunch or whatever, I think Cassie makes sure that Allison's wine glass is never empty. It's always full. And Allison just keeps chugging wine and drinking wine and she gets drunk, like slurring your words, day drunk. And Cassie goes to some random guy at the bar and she pays him to take Allison Brie to a hotel room. And then the scene cuts away, right? So we're left with, why does she get her so drunk and have a guy take her to the room? And that's it fills you with that sick feeling in your stomach. They're like, no, Cassie, this is not okay. And then you find out later in the film that like nothing happened. Nothing happened at all. Like the guy takes Allison Brie to a hotel room. She falls asleep. The guy like leaves her alone, you know, leaves the key in the room, closes the door and leaves like a do not disturb sign on the outside of the door. So when Allison Brie wakes up and she remembers some random guy bringing her up to a hotel room, she automatically assumes the worst. And is that sick feeling in your stomach that something could have happened to you? Nothing happened to her. She's fine. She's okay. Nothing's happened to her. She's not hurt in any kind of way. But Cassie did that to Allison to make her realize that what happened to Nina isn't rare and it isn't something that just happens to girls who are promiscuous and who are fast and who are quote unquote asking for it. It can happen to anybody. And the movie, oh gosh, another thing she does is um before she goes to see Connie Britton, who's the dean of the film, the, the dean of the school, the med school that um Cassie and Nina went to, she picks up the dean's daughter and she tells the dean that she gave her daughter like a bottle of vodka and dropped her off at some random kid's dorm room but what actually happened was that she left her daughter at a diner and told the daughter that like her favorite band was filming a music video there and of course the dean started freaking out when she heard that her daughter was left alone with like a handle of vodka in some random kid's dorm room and she was freaking out because obviously she automatically assumed the worst but her daughter isn't left alone in a dorm room with guys she's just at a diner waiting for her favorite band to show up which they never did in the end of it and of course that freaks the Dean out and it freaks Allison out, but Cassie does that to make them realize that like, you treated Nina like she was this hussy and she was this Jezebel and that she was trying to set Al up to, you know, ruin his life when really what happened to Nina is something that can happen to anybody. And it's not something that is rare or far in between. It's not something that's uncommon. It's something that happens to people very often. And oftentimes people will bend over backwards to protect women to um no but people bend over backwards to protect men and leave women out in the dust you know and the thing is is that like oh my gosh cassie is doing these things to hurt these uh people cassie did that to allison and connie britain because she wants them to understand that the behavior that you did the impact that you had on nina it can easily happen to you as well and the way you acted towards nina someone will act that way towards you and not believe you and then leave you with your hurt and your pain and your trauma and as a result of that connie britain of course kicks cassie out of the university but as a result of allison thinking that she was you know um she gives cassie a tape or a video and the video is a recording of nina being sexually assaulted like they recorded it happening to her and who's in the video is al his best friend schmidt and bo burnham <laughs> bo burnham we can hear him in the video he's there he's watching he's there and that's another thing about the movie that they didn't let like they couldn't let one person be a good person no everyone not everyone's trash but like he just sat there and he just watched you know and of course 
Cassie, she goes to confront Bo about this and maybe him thinking that he was simply like he was an onlooker of the assault like he was there and maybe he thought that him being passive and not actually doing anything would make him innocent but no that doesn't make you innocent if you're there and you're watching it and you're letting it happen and you turn a blind eye to it you're allowing it to happen and you're not going to wipe yourself clean of it because you you didn't really try to stop it in any kind of meaningful way and the thing is Bob Bird was actually like a he's like a pediatric surgeon in the movie too and that really hurt like oh my gosh when I saw that and I heard his voice, I was like, dang, no, not Bo. But that's the thing about the movie is not letting anybody off the hook, you know, like, oh gosh. When, and Cassie also confronts Bo about it and he just like, he completely loses the nice guy act. He is not this sweet guy that we saw in the beginning of the movie who's like professing his love to Cassie and like singing pop songs with her in the pharmacy and like cuddling with her and kissing her at the top of her head and telling her how amazing she is. He completely drops the act and he's just like, you know, well, you know what? N neither of us are going to be doctors anymore if you release that film. And he is just nasty. He's just gross and he is nasty and he drops the every nice guy act. And that's the thing, you know, people play nice and they put on this mask sometimes that they're a good person and they're a nice person. But the second you actually try to threaten um, who they think they are as a person or people's like general like livelihood, you know, they will just turn into somebody that is just <laughs> not who you thought they were. And it's, it's so sad, but she saves the best. She um, eventually, she goes to Al's defense attorney too. And the interesting thing about this is that the defense attorney is the only person who actually like owns up to his actions and is like, sorry. Because even though Allison Brie gave Cassie the video of the assault, she held on to that video. Like she had it for years after college. Like she held on to that thing, like as some kind of mark of self-preservation, you know, if like something could possibly turn up about Al, she could like use that as a way to like distance herself from him. But she also had that video and gave it to to Cassie and she said to Cassie she said you can use this however you want just keep me out of it you know so she still wants to be in with the in crowd but she wants to wipe her hands clean of what had happened to Nina and her indirect connection to it all you know what I mean and that doesn't let her off the hook and the lawyer is the only person who really like says that he's sorry you know the defense lawyer that got out off he talks about how most lawyers get awarded for getting the charges dropped and how he implicitly like trusts the guy in a he said she said situation and how they didn't want to believe Nina and it was easier to reject the facts of what happened and he was just the defense lawyer was like horribly sorry like he was so sorry and so sad like he literally got down on his knees and like started crying in, in Cassie's lap and she just says like I forgive you and he starts sobbing as if like a weight has been lifting on his back lifted off his back and that's another thing she's seen as like this avenging angel for Cassie but it's not in the way that's like powerful a lot of times in like film and tv shows because a lot of times when women are hurt or assaulted in media they try and like um People, they try to write it like, oh, she's hurt and from the trauma and the pain. She rises like a phoenix from the ashes and she's new and she's better. And she's like this newfound strength within her. And that's not how it works. Because women are strong already. Women are strong. You don't need to go through something painful and horrible and traumatic to make you into a warrior. You are a warrior. You are a warrior all on your own. And a lot of times... When you watch like films where a woman is like avenging, you know, she uses her pain to push her growth. <laughs> but trauma doesn't make you stronger. <laughs> pain doesn't always make you stronger. Like it hurts. It hurts. And Cassie is consumed with survivor's remorse. And even though she is like consumed with the idea of having to avenge Nina because no one else will. And that she feels like this is the only way for her to move on. To hold these people accountable for what they've done because they were not held accountable by the people who were supposed to hold them accountable. And to really like, you know, make them face the consequences for their actions and like face their mistakes. 
Because in order to really gain forgiveness, you must admit that you did something wrong and turn from your ways. And, you know, Ryan doesn't want to do that. Oh, I, I remember his name. Ryan is the name of Bo Burnham's character. Like, Ryan doesn't want to do that, you know? He wants to pretend like he's a nice guy and that he didn't really do anything wrong and he decided to be nasty to Cassie the last time they met each other, the last time they saw each other. And Allison Bree's character didn't want to do that either. She wanted to, like, you know, put the drop on Al and then wipe her hands clean of anything having to do with Nina so she's not implicated in anything. And that's not meaningful. It's not genuine. Like, they... They see what they did was wrong and they know what they did was wrong, but neither of those people actually wanted to admit to what they did and really face the consequences for their actions because Ryan doesn't see himself as the bad guy if he didn't actually do it. He just sees himself as someone who is there, but like he isn't as horrible as Al, but that's the thing. The little things that you do contribute to something bigger. They're all these little pieces of a puzzle, you know, and they all contribute to the bigger um action in the movie where Al gets away with sexual assault because Ryan was there and he witnessed it but he didn't stand up for Nina or say anything Allison had that video but she didn't give it to the dean when the trial was going on the only person who was there for Nina really was Cassie and she's still trying to get revenge for Nina to the point where she goes to Al's bachelor party in a cabin in the middle of the woods dressed as a stripper and a like brightly colored wig and she gives every guy in the cabin like something that they think is molly it's actually sleeping pills i think and she takes al up to the attic and she handcuffs him to the bed and of course she starts with her monologue her kind of like serial killer monologue of like you hurt nina you destroyed her life you took everything away from her so i'm going to and the thing is no one remembers nina's name but she will I'm going to carve her name into you. And she's like, she pulls out a little, you know, pocketbook and she brings out her scalpel and she's ready to like carve Nina's name into Al. And then Al breaks free and he suffocates her. And we're watching this happen for two and a half minutes. And while I was watching the movie, admittedly, I did find it to be um, unrealistic because because the reason why i found it unrealistic right i'm a black woman okay i understand that sexual assault is something that happens to people and sexual violence is something that happens to women very often and it's very horrible and horrific but one thing that i do know is that black women are statistically more likely to be sexually assaulted and statistically more likely to not be believed or listened to you know and it has to do a lot with the over-sexualization of black women and like young black girls through like music and media and how black bodies are not taken seriously and often seen as conduits of violence and trauma and pain. And I'm watching this movie and I'm watching Carrie Mulligan's character Casey get like draw these men in kind of and like be taken back to their apartment and kind of just pop up and be like hey I'm not drunk and you just try to like go down on me when I couldn't even say yes or no so like what's really good and when you look in her notebook people have this theory that like when you look in the notebook where she like does her tally marks there are some red tally marks and those red tally marks are like men that she had to like take out you know like take out because they got a little too grabby but that's not shown in the film it's a theory that people have but one thing for certain I was watching this movie and I saw how many men had like try to take her home and have their way with her and I thought to myself like how does she get through all these men and she's still here because that's the first thing that came to my head and that might be a bit dark but it's true you know in like I know for certain that like someone who looks like me could not do what Cassie does because by the third guy they probably would have like pulled out a gun or like you know, beat her senseless or something terrible, horrible like that. And I'm sure that like Cassie has dealt with her, um, has dealt with like men who have like hurt her. It's not shown in the movie. It's not shown in the film. We're seeing this all through a white woman's perspective of her being the avenging angel for her, um, best friend's sexual assault and death as well. And I understand that, like, we're not exactly 
she's not exactly like um okay we're supposed to be rooting for her but she's not the perfect avenging angel in a way like she's not exempt from it and she's not morally superior and a lot of her actions are reprehensible the things that cassie does she does do some bad things you know and to varying degrees a lot of the characters in the sh in the movie are complicit in what had happened to nina and cassie's wrath over their dubious behavior it comes from the white savior trope i cannot ignore the fact that like cassie is kind of positioning herself as the white savior you know what i mean and we never meet nina we never see nina's face and she's just seen as a faceless victim but it's simply about cassie and cassie avenging them and cassie going after all these people who hurt nina and yes she's doing this to kind of like get over her grief or try to like hold people accountable for their actions but it's also for cassie because she misses nina and she's upset that these people hurt nina and she wants them to pay for what they did but she can also kind of she could also move on with her life and this may be a thought that is against the antithesis of the film but she could also like move away until people go screw themselves because she knows what they did and and then the movie she dies and i'm not going to say she did it all for nothing because at the end of the movie al goes to jail for cassie's murder because Cassie gives a packet of information and evidence to the lawyer because the lawyer is the only person she trusts because that's the only person who really did own up to what they did and a lawyer makes all the moves so that Al is arrested and he's arrested on his wedding day so he's held accountable for his actions and the fact of the matter is is that Al is the one who did it Al is the person who is responsible for killing um, Cassie and assaulting Nina but his friend who is played by Schmidt I don't want to say Schmidt because I don't want to say Schmidt, but I don't remember the actor's name. I think his name is like Max Greenberg or something like that. But essentially, uh, Al's best friend, who's played by the actor who plays Schmidt, he sees the he sees Cassie's body on the bed, and Al is just lying there on the bed next to her body, and he is crying and he is sobbing, and he goes Schmidt goes into hyper gear, and he's like. No, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault at all. And he is refusing to let Al take accountability for what he did. And he covers it up. He covers up the body. They burn the body. They make sure there's no trace left of her in sight. And they try to get away with it. You know, and that's another thing about it. Even though Al is the one who killed Cassie, his friend is the one who is convincing him that he's a good guy, that he didn't do anything wrong, that nothing wrong happened, and he's covering up for him so that he can walk away from this blameless. And then you see them at their wedding and they're all acting like nothing happened, like nothing's wrong, like everything's okay. And these people are just living their lives as if they didn't just burn a woman's body. As if like they just didn't do something absolutely terribly reprehensible. And the one thing I do sincerely like about this movie is the way that, like, no one's off the hook. No one is really, you know, escaping from what they did. Everyone in this movie does bad things. And no, and Cassie isn't morally superior either. But we see why she's doing what she's doing. You know? We see the reason behind her actions. And I think this movie is really good for women who are angry. For a good reason. And I think it's a very interesting movie. And I feel like the thing that people should really understand from this film is that a guy can go away for murder, but he won't go away for R-A-P-E. And that's something that people understand and something that Cassie understood. And that's why she took the precautions to make sure that if she was um, not to return, that she would be avenged at least. And someone be held accountable. She understood the, you know... The danger and she understood what she was doing and she understood like the consequences behind what she was doing <sighs> and I think that it's just like it's kind of full for me personally I did enjoy the movie I liked the movie a lot and I think that another p thing people should take for the movie is that a lot of people do not come forward with um their own experiences of sexual assault because they're scared of not being believed you know nina went forward and came forward and told her story 
and nobody believed her. Even when we see right in front of us people who had evidence and was there to witness what had happened, still simply did not believe her as an act of self-preservation, as an act to keep the social order, to stay in with the in crowd, to not be cast out. You know, they wanted to hide and hide what had happened. And they let this girl be destroyed as long as they were, as long as the other people were okay. And I think about this film and I think about this movie and it really does like, it's an amazing movie. It is. But one thing I can't stop thinking about is how, um, if it were a black woman or if it were someone who was trans, this movie would play a lot differently. You know what I mean? And it makes me think of Chanel Miller, who was a woman who was sexually assaulted by Brock Turner, who we all know was put in jail for like three months or something like that. And how she wrote a book talking about how she had survived and how like she was working so hard to be anonymous, to be shielded from the public view and everything that affected her after being sexually assaulted. And a lot of times when people, when these cases come out, you know the names of the men who did the horrific crimes, but you don't know the names of the victims. And Cassie just wanted people to remember Nina and who she was and how amazing she was and what a great person she was. But, you know, I'm watching the movie and Laverne Cox is in this film, but she's barely in the film. She's just kind of there. Like, she's the owner of the coffee shop, but you don't ever, like, really see her. And I don't think she has even more, I don't think she has more than, like, 20 lines in the movie. And that's the thing that really gets me. This is a film about a white woman seeking vengeance for her friend, who we don't know her race. We don't know anything about her. All we know is her name, Nina. And at the end of the movie, Cassie, too, becomes this dehumanized victim. We never see her face after she dies. We only see her lifeless body. And it's sad and it's horrible. And it is so, like, refreshing that, like, Al still goes away. Like, he's still taken to jail. He's going to jail for her murder. Not for Nina's assault, but he's going to jail for murder. And he's going to be thrown in jail for that. He's going to be held accountable for that. But I can't help but think how, like, if Laverne Cox was the star of this movie, things would go a completely different way. You know, if they had Kirby Howell Baptiste, who is a phenomenal actress, who you've probably seen in The Good Place and in Barry, and she's also, she was also in Killing Eve, and she's also in Why Women Kill, which is a CBS show. She's a phenomenal, amazing, amazing actress. If she were the star of this film, this movie would go a completely different way. And I don't think that a lot of people talk about that enough when they talk about this movie, how a white woman is seen as this avenging angel and she can kind of get away with this and not get hurt or assaulted. Not that it's seen physically in the film, but if a black woman were to do this or any woman of color were to do this, she probably would face a lot more violence right off the bat and probably wouldn't get as far as Cassie did. And... I kind of wish we knew a little bit more about Nina, but, you know, the film is told through, through Cassie's eyes. And, yes. Um, I do want to say the ending. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that ending? Perfect. Great. Okay. Because when the police discover her burnt remains and the necklace and they arrest Al at his wedding reception, man, that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing but a dream. Also, when Ryan receives a scheduled text... From Cassie and Nina, I can't. And, and, and the cops were like on Cassie because like they were like, Cassie's gone missing and we don't know where she is because she was missing for a bit. She was. And they went to go talk to Ryan and he was not giving up anything. He was just, he lied through his teeth as an act of self-preservation. It was just so gross. But all in all, um, that is Promising Young Woman. Um, the movie is so good. The movie is really great. I do suggest that everybody watches it. It's really, really interesting. And, um, I think the one thing that people should really take from the movie is that, you know, everyone has a chance of redemption, but it's always dependent on whether or not you're ready to face the consequences for your actions. You know what I mean? And just remember that. And also 
the fear of being let down by the system is another reason why people do not come forward with being assaulted. Yes, and another thing I do want to take, another thing I do want to uh, bring to the table is that like something, sexual violence is something that happens a lot of times, and something that's not uncommon. So please be mindful when. If you meet someone who's a victim of it, or if you happen to know someone who's been accused of it, uh, be mindful because you do not know. It's also like when you meet, when you, if there's a celebrity that you like or whatever, a musician that you like, and they've been accused of sexual assault and you adamantly want to defend someone who does not know you, just know that people who do know you have probably gone through something like that and they hear what you're saying and they see what you're doing and see how you act and they may not trust you after the way, after what you've said, after what you've done. Just understand that. Another thing to understand is that even though this movie is phenomenal and great, it was nominated for so many Oscars, which honestly, it deserves so much critical acclaim because it's an awesome movie. I cannot let go of the fact that I know that if Laverne Cox was the star of this film, it would go a different way because trans women deal with a lot of sexual violence and and like trans women's life expectancy is like under 40 and you have a trans woman in your cast who is closer in proximity to deal with that than Carrie Mulligan probably is and I know that might be a strange thing to say but trans women deal with violence and you know sexual harassment and like all those kind of things and it's terrible and it's sad and it's gross and it's, it's obviously obviously due to a lot of factors in our society and also black women deal with that as well and women of color deal with that as well and it's a story that the story would go a lot differently if the main character of the film was not a cisgender white woman and not a cisgender, cisgender straight white woman so yes that's just a point that I never really see brought up when people are talking about this movie People, you know, Carrie Mulligan's a great actress and Emerald Fennell is a phenomenal writer, but the over-sexualization of women of color is also prominent in media and also affects women of color in everyday life and actresses as well. And being sexually harassed is not fun. And, on, and sexual misconduct is something that happens as well at a higher rate too. Excuse me, women of color, and they're not believed in the same way. So, yeah, it's just something to think about. But I really do hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you would like to support this podcast in any way, you can check out any information in the description. There is a way to subscribe to this podcast for $4.99 a month if you would like to support me and in my work. Uh, feel free to check out my YouTube channel or my Twitch channel where I stream every Tuesday and Wednesday at around 7 to 7.30 p.m. If you'd like to follow me on any of my social media, links will be in the description down below. And if you have any suggestions for any movies that you'd like me to review or any concepts in film that you'd like me to talk about, feel free to drop it in my email here's what I think zero at gmail.com and I will get to those requests as soon as I can. Thank you so much and also feel free to join my discord as well if you would like to get um, some information about my twitch streams or my youtube channel. So thank you again for listening. I really do appreciate it and I hope you have an awesome day. Stay blessed.